This is the Amner Martinez Podcast. Welcome to the Amner Martinez Podcast. My name is Amner Martinez, and I will be your host. I am an immigrant from the country of Guatemala, and I've been living in Iowa since 1995. My professional background is in the staffing and recruiting industry, and I have been heavily involved in the local entertainment scene for the last 12 years. In this podcast, I will be sharing conversations with local people in entertainment, business, sports, nonprofits, food, arts, and culture. So stick around for some great conversations. Let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage. Ass clapping. <laughs> it's Amner. Give it up. Uh, Don't be cheap, gentlemen. Don't be cheap, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you doing when you were 21, 22? Being retarded. I spoke with Diego Rodriguez, the new head chef, executive chef of the local restaurant Proof at 22 years old. 23? 22. 20. Well, he just turned 22 in August. Nice. So, and they're open. They closed for like a month. And they just reopened like 10 days ago. This uh-huh. was their second weekend. Uh, and man, it's so good. Um, we had, w- what's interesting is that we recorded this conversation like, I don't know, sometime in July, I think. Like a, lo- like a couple months ago. Uh-huh. He had no idea that he was going to be the head chef. He was just coming off of a culinary competition here in Des Moines. He kind of worked his way up to the f- to the to the final championship, and um, the championship was on Sunday. And we had a conversation on Monday. Uh, he got second place, and he was a little bummed out. But by the by by the next day, he was you know back to you know focus and on his career. But he had no idea that just. Uh, several weeks later, he was going to be named the head chef. So I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, especially it's at that age. Yeah, I, I remember when I was 23, and uh, I had no goals whatsoever. <laughs> Hashtag no goals. Yeah, I didn't even care about competing in anything at all. I feel like, you know, uh, people my age are so quick to talk shit about young people. Mm-hmm. Like, young people don't know what they're doing, but yeah. Like they're or like millennials are being dismissed too quickly. You think? Yeah, but no. Like the, I see a lot of these these guys, they're doing a lot of stuff. You know, they're doing a lot of shit and uh, things that I never even thought about. Yeah, there's these kids in in uh, at Roosevelt High School, the high school where Isabella goes to, my daughter, um, and they they're I think they're seniors. These two kids, but they already have like this shirt brand that they print and like. Um, they have a website. I mean, they're like mini entrepreneurs. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if if it's because you know things are accessible now. Like for mm-hmm. for for instance, I I go back to those days when you're like, hey, look at this video. This is like fifteen, twenty years ago. Like, look at this video, and uh, you start playing that video, and it's your fucking face, right? <laughs> And you're pretending that somebody's interviewing you. Uh-huh. You're just like giving answers to questions. And I was like, what the fuck is this? What do you mean? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, you showed me a video of yourself. Of me? Yeah. And oh. then like you're acting like somebody's interviewing you. I was like, you're a fucking loser, dude. <laughs> this is like 99. But yeah, this is a long time ago. Yeah. And um, But like that shit is normal now. Yeah. Like you could do something like that, and it's like people are very open to the idea. Like, oh, you're just having fun with it. Yeah. But back then, it's like, man, fucking, you just took me to Loserville right now. <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like, remember, like, I, w- I would spend, like, hours in chat rooms. And you're like, dude, you're a fucking yeah, loser. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but it's so normal. Like, people literally are on their phone, like, you know. Recording themselves. Recording themselves, and then, like, they're doing all these selfies. And, you know, it's cool because, like, you see the picture on, on, you know, you scroll on your your phone, and you see the picture of the person. 
and you're like, oh, that's that's nice, I guess, you know. But whenever like you're walking by and then you see somebody doing it, you look like, like an yeah, idiot. You right? look like an idiot. Yeah. yeah. Like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing all those <laughs> fucking maneuvers? Like, check out this scenery, but sixty <laughs> percent of it is my fucking forehead. That would be the case, like for you, like ninety percent of the time. Um, but that's the way it is normal now. It's, it's normal it's, now, and you don't look, or people don't look like egocentric, egotist. Like it's part of the norm. Yeah, but back then it was like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, why are you doing that? You're obsessed with yourself. Yeah, or like, why do you take so many pictures? I don't know. Like, I still feel that way sometimes. Like, I have friends that. You know, I'll, I'll be like sitting right next to them, and then they they'll open up their phone, and it's a picture of themselves. I'm like, what? Pinches, <laughs> <laughs> man, that's crazy, man. Like, but we're conflicted about it because we're like we saw pre we kind of lived a little bit pre technology, pre like social media, but like Bella and the kids and like you know millennials. They're not conflicted about this. Like they're completely okay with taking enormous amounts of selfies and videos and stuff like that. Yeah, th- I mean that's what I'm saying. Like it's been it's normal now. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I I probably you know they take selfies you know in front of my computer for like my chat room you know the mm-hmm. Yahoo chat or whatever. What chat rooms eh. did you get into? I don't. It was like AOL. <laughs> I used to get in the AOL chat rooms. I remember when you used to jump and just talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> and they get kicked out. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Like, uh, I remember those chat rooms where you could give yourself whatever name. Mm-hmm. And those were the best. Mm-hmm. You know, because I remember, like, you and I and other friends would be in a chat room. And then uh, I remember a time when I was like, oh, I'm going to go in as Rosita. You know. <laughs> and then, like, you would put stuff like ASL. Remember that? ASL, age, sex, location. Oh, my God. Like, you would put it in, like, yeah, like, I remember, like, hey, Rosita, and then it would be, like, a voice chat, and then these guys are, like, Rosita, talk to us, and I'd be, like, hola, muchachos. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, things have changed, man. Yeah, yeah, but that's the that's the point, you know. Like Diego, Diego's like twenty 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 two now, twenty two now, twenty two now, and he's like doing all kinds of, like I I would never have thought to like. So, I hope everybody enjoys this conversation. When I was, when we got done with the conversation, I was like, man, this kid is a real deal. You know what's crazy that Mm -hmm. this is one of those conversations where you start talking about dogs. And you end with asteroids. What? I don't know how the, f- you know, like, we ended up talking about selfies. Yeah, I know. Or, like, uh, when you go into YouTube black hole and you start watching <laughs> uh, like an sync video and then you end up in some <laughs> conspiracy. Uh, <laughs> talk too much. Yeah. So, I hope that everybody enjoys this. Get to know your new head chef, Diego Rodriguez. Man, we had a bone marrow on Friday, man. What? Bone marrow. Where? At Poof. What? So they give you the whole bone and and you got to scoop it out with this tiny little spoon. Uh And they give you like a toasted, you know. Oh, my my God. God, And we eat pretty exotic meats. Like, you know, we eat cabeza, lengua. I like all the shit that scares people. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this was like another level man and then i guess mm. people we didn't do it but i guess people will like once you eat the 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 fat inside of the bo- of the of the bone then you you're left with this little you know bone half a bone and then you throw a shot of it and then like you just kind of tilt your head and then you throw a shot of oh it. dude and that's an appetizer it yeah could be, yeah you yeah, have to like, go like I, I'm full and I want to eat it. Yeah, man, yeah. you have to go. It's insane. Nice. So, um, congratulations never, to yeah, Diego. I've never been to that place. I you have to, to yeah, man. Have to check it out. Like they're, uh, and it's one of the things that I was talking to Laura is that their kitchen is like one of the youngest kitchens in town. Like the sh- Diego's twenty two, the sous chef I think is like twenty four, so the pastry chef is twenty seven. 
I mean, everybody under th- in the kitchen is like under thirty, nice. and they're like making like legit menus, and the drinks are amazing. So the uh, they have a mixologist. They have a sommelier. Friday was Laura and I anniversary. Mm-hmm. Bought a couple of bottles of wine. How many years is that? Six. Oh, Six married. Years married. Congratulations, man. Yeah, so I went to the liquor store, bought a couple of bottles of wine, went there, they grab your bottles, they put them in the fridge for you, and then you they ask you which one you want to start with, and they serve it for you. I mean, you can buy wine there, but, you know, you can bring oh, your you own can, bottle. You can t- oh, nice. Yeah, you can bring okay. your own bottles of wine, and, I mean, it's, and the skyline is, like, right there, right next to the library. Nice. It's a great place, so, all right, well, hopefully everybody enjoys this. This is Diego Rodriguez. On the Amber Martinez podcast. And give it up uh, for Diego. Okay, all right. So check. Check the mic. Check, check, check. Okay, one, two. All right, Diego Rodriguez. That's me. What up? So, cheers, first of all. Cheers. So, Diego Rodriguez, chef. Sous chef. Sous chef. So you don't like that chef title? No. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't like the chef title because a a chef once told a chef, and this is how it goes, that you're not a chef until another chef calls you mm-hmm. chef. Right. Meaning, if you came into the restaurant business and you're cooking, and now you're just because you work in a restaurant in the kitchen, you're a chef. Mm-hmm. You are full of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because to be a chef in French, it means head. You know, it means it means boss, boss mm-hmm. man, in in layman's terms at least. But for for you to own a restaurant, develop a menu, put together menus, and execute service, is how a chef becomes a chef. A chef. And you don't you don't feel like you're there yet. Um, I'm not there yet because I don't have my own restaurant yet. Yeah. Okay. But I definitely do everything that a chef does. So you were not very comfortable with the chef title when you were doing this competition. So you were just in a competition, culinary fight night. Yeah. You worked your way all the way to the final. Yeah. But they they kept calling you chef and you you were not comfortable with it. Yeah. In my back of my mind, I'm not comfortable with it because it's, I know I'm not there yet, but I knew I had to be somewhat comfortable with it because it's. The competition. The you competition. You. you put together a menu and people come there and they're calling me chef. And I'm like, okay, I understand. Mm-hmm. You know, I do dinner at Proof mm-hmm. where I work. And everyone there is like, thank you, chef. And yeah. I'll, I'll just I'll just play it off okay. in a sense and be, okay, th- thank you for coming in. You know, and then we talk. But at the end of the day, it's more of out of respect. Right. Because, for instance, my chef during service, he says, Diego, I need this, this, and that. I mm-hmm. say yes, chef. Okay. And yeah. Yes, chef comes out of respect, mainly because he's paid his dues to become a chef. Right. Right. He said yes, chef for twenty years to different chefs. Yeah. So now it's like, if I, if he, it's almost like military. If yeah. he says, okay. If he says something, it's almost an order. Mm-hmm. As respectful and kind as chef is, so like Sean yes, Wilson. Sir. Yeah, it's just just like yes, sir. It's mm-hmm. like. Yes, chef. And it's very simple because I don't have to explain myself. He doesn't have to explain himself. I and the rest of my staff know that chef says something. Yes, chef. It's got to be done. And, okay. it's, and it's done. It's, it's, it's simple as that because it's easier, it's easier said than done. I need you to do this, get this done this time, and I want it like this. Yes, chef. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like. So just so everybody knows um, <coughs> a little bit of background of Diego, <coughs> I still feel like I sound like Barry White. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, but uh, you're 21. Yep, 21 years old. 21. You started. You work at Proof. Yep. Uh, before you've been working at Proof for almost two years. It'll be two years in July. I got uh, hired at Proof in July 2017. And you started as. I started as Diego. I. What was your title? My true title was Chef de Partie. Chef de Partie in the Kitchen Brigade is basically the lowest level of cook besides 
a way above a dishwasher <laughs> two like maybe one or two above a dishwasher um what do they call them which dishwasher is part? a very humble uh in, yes. uh, and that's uh, that's, that's where everyone should start that right. that in my opinion is going to be very successful okay because i feel like if you if you for instance um chef charlie trotter who passed away um says how can you be a chef if you don't know how to sweep mm-hmm and that, that really hit home to me. Okay. How are you going to be a chef, take care of a restaurant, and you don't know how to sweep? Yeah. So you're kind of, so, your mentality is kind of like an old school kind of mentality. Very much so, except when it comes to menus. Okay. Because as a cook, uh, as a cook, I feel like if you don't evolve, you're too comfortable, you won't make it. Yeah. And you won't make it as an in your successful career and obviously successes in someone else's eyes is different than your success. Uh-huh. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you want to have your own restaurant mm-hmm. and you want to be successful and successful. in that term is making money. So you pay the bills. <laughs> so you pay the bills. Yeah. So, um, Diego, a little bit more backstory. He's my brother-in-law. I love that. It's like right after the day of the competition, because I was like, win or lose, Right, the emotions are yep. gonna be raw. Like it's gonna be uh, something good is gonna come out of it. Yeah. So what did what did we just eat? Okay, break it down real quick for really us. Really quick, we just ate a very humble steak night that we've had prior times here. Right. And, right. I, and I love to cook here because we have a now homemade charcoal grill, mm-hmm. which is as mm-hmm. as good as it comes for when you have two hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's my version I, I, of a, yeah. Of a yeah. Grill. It's well put together. It has very high and very hot flames. And it's almost like a restaurant where it's better than a restaurant when you're cooking out here because you're. it's not the same. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. At, at a restaurant, it's very controlled. You know how high you can get everything. And here it's like it's uh, windy. It's hot. It's mm-hmm. humid. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fire won't be as hot as it was 10 minutes ago. So mm-hmm. you have to work with it mm-hmm. and that's 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 on the, that's that's another beauty of cooking you should be very much so involved in the fire right and you should we talked about a little bit ago yeah you should almost be mesmerized by the fire because yeah. it's without it you cannot cook right yeah and i think that's that's how everything started coming about because, we take it for granted right yeah. we have the stove it's like turn it on it's hot whatever and you get to cook this yeah you know beautiful meal but yeah you don't pay attention that the fire plays a role in yeah in the making it's, yeah because if without the fire you don't get you don't get nothing out of it you right. you can't cook you don't get the we just started a fire because that's how it all starts off and a fire is not easy to start a charcoal grill you can do it with lighter fluid and you ruin your food so please don't do that <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't use flour don't do yeah you, you you know use a way to where you don't get smell or taste as a butane lighter into your fire, whether yeah. newspaper, wood, chimney, whatever. But going back to what we ate, we I brought some steaks. Uh, these were ribeyes, boneless ribeyes, where we cooked them simply with salt. Sometimes we rub them when I come here with, um, it's called proof rub. It's where you rub them at, at work, where okay. I work. Okay. And basically what proof rub is, it's chef's, rub on his steaks that he's developed for the past six seven years uh-huh. that for the past year or two he's kept static meaning he's happy with it okay and basically what it consists of is smoked paprika uh fancy paprika which is the name for it, aka spanish paprika toasted sesame seeds there's some cumin in there allspice uh, and a couple other things in there that i cannot say <laughs> so it's a secret. There's yeah, there's secret yeah, ingredients yeah, b- b- to cooking. Because when you when you when you taste that rub, it's very complex. And when you, the way I see it at work is, you know, I'm, I'm making food for myself. Yeah. Proof rub. Proof rub. Throw okay. It, throw it in there. So you guys, this is a a thing. Yeah, a and every time rub, a okay. every time a sue, a prior sue from from proof comes in. Yeah. They always ask chef the same thing. When are you gonna give me that recipe? Nice. Okay. It's All more. Right. It's more of you were there or you weren't there. You know, when you were there, when it was with that certain oh, kind of rub, maybe you should have stuck it okay. in, your, in your brain, kind of thing. 
that's awesome. So whoever wasn't there making it won't get to know. Because it kept changing. Okay. But for the past two years, I think he's happy with it and has kept it. It's really nice. It's really nice rub for for a steak, especially because certain spices, it has black pepper in it as well, tend to burn. Mm-hmm. And burning, people are scared of burning stuff. We talked a little bit a little bit ago about Francis Malman. He's a chef out of Argentina who is very involved in open fires. Right. He has developed cooking techniques with open fires. Right. Where he believes, and in, in science terms, it makes sense. When you burn something or get a really nice char, you are basically caramelizing the sugars, the natural sugars, mm-hmm. in your fruit or vegetables. Or when it comes to meat, you are cooking that protein. You're cooking those muscle fibers and making them tight. Uh-huh. And that's how you get a crust. Okay. So... Those spices help burn and get a nice crust before the interior gets burnt. So people shouldn't be afraid of, of putting a little burn on their on their. No, food. you should have a little char. And there is a difference between char and burnt. Right. But it's basically like this. If it feels, if you can't push through your steak, you've gone too far. Okay. <laughs> so and we had some steak. We had some steaks. Um, simple salt. It's a really nice big Which, grain salt. That was salt. interesting. That was interesting. So you yeah. went straight only salt on these No pepper steaks. on it. No pepper, yeah. just salt. Just to see what would happen, you know, because mm-hmm. we're having fun with it. I would have put pepper on them, but I decided not to. Why not? Sure. You know, a lot of times when you have a really nice quality meat, whether it's... You don't uh, need a lot, right? Just no. Just let it be... No. I mean, in, in for instance, you take for, for granted... Not granted, but for instance, in Japan, uh, Wagyu. In Japan, Wagyu has been a breed of cattle that they've had for... Hundreds of years. Uh-huh. That dates back hundreds of years. And these cattle have been raised in the, what here in the U.S. is more treated as humane way of raising. Uh-huh. Where it consists of these cattle are bred for their fat. So you're feeding these cattle food that's going to get them good fat. Not just feeding them so they get really fat in general. Okay. And overfeed them. And then we butcher them early at a young age because, well, they may be two or three years old, but they're fat enough to be a six or seven year old cow. We're going to butcher them and make money out of it. Okay. Because that's the side story with the cattle industry. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, we eat too much meat in the United States and in Brazil. Mm -hmm. But in Japan, they've always been, and Japan's more about their craft. I mean, their their history dates back centuries. Mm -hmm. And these cattle... In Japan, four ounces of meat will feed a family of four there. Okay. Because they'll slice it super thin, you know, grill it on yeah. yakitori or mm-hmm. maybe eat it raw or whatever it is. It's such high-quality meat. It would be a dishonor to say, here's the proof rub for that. Right. You know, it's you need to pay respect to it. It's, yeah. it's kind of like when you're drinking Balvini 21, 32-year scotch. Mm-hmm. Don't throw any coke in there. <laughs> Don't throw ice cube in there. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's meant to be drank like that. I mean, perhaps, you know, dilute it a little bit if that's on you. But So you're kind of like a purist in a way. When it, For most things, yeah. Because some things need, need a little little fixer-upper and, sure. you know, make sure it tastes right. But you got to pay respect to artisan, you know, people for centuries have been artisans in their, in their crafts. Yeah. Whether it's wood shop, metal work. Yeah. Then food came along and winemakers have been around for a long time mm-hmm. where why would you, why would you do something different that we haven't done from, you know, if, if, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. 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 And I believe in that a lot. Okay. So, so, uh, we had some steak then we had uh, like a nice salad that you said that is yeah. super easy, super easy to make. Was like, so the name of it was a couscous tabbouleh. Tabbouleh is Israeli, as well as the couscous. So couscous for everyone is basically, it's a pasta. It's a pasta shaped, shaped like pearl. And couscous comes from little pearls to bigger pearls. Basically, we cooked couscous till it was al dente. Al dente meaning toothsome in Italian. That just means that when you're chewing it, it's not mushy. Mm-hmm. You never want mushy pasta. Okay. You want pasta that to the teeth has a good bite uh-huh hence the name al dente in yeah. italian i'm mexican now italian so please <laughs> please don't call me you're out. not diego please, rodriguez please don't 
Rodriguez. Please don't call me out on my pronunciation. <laughs> so, so but, but couscous. Yeah. Couscous typically, which mainly a lot of parsley, a lot of garlic, a lot of lemon. So we threw a lot of parsley in there, and I brought some chives, some shallots, cilantro because we're Mexican. <laughs> and of course, and I threw a, and a lime, lime and lemons, because chefs love acid. Okay, cooking acid that is. Uh, <laughs> not like to take a trip or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not maybe, like maybe hallucinogenics. Some. <laughs> yeah, maybe some, maybe some. <laughs> On a day off. <laughs> so um, you just grill off. Why not the onion though? Like I saw that you were cutting. A like a, you said it's still an onion, but it was a different. Yeah. So a lot of chefs, especially French trained chefs, use shallots. Shallots tend to be sweeter, and they have a sharp flavor. You know when you eat a shallot. But people don't use. Do you, they use those a lot? I I didn't think so, but for instance, my mom knows what shallots are. Okay. And that, for me, it was surprising because she buys shallots, and only uses them. For certain recipes, onions are great. Mm-hmm. Without onion in a braise, in a stew, yeah. in a guisado, meaning yeah. like a stir fry or anything, yeah. you have no flavor. Yeah. Chef Sean Wilson, where I work, my chef, always tells me, how much onion you got in there? Interesting. It's you, very interesting how um, some are very overwhelming and they just take over the whole right. plate. Right. Or, and some just help it. Right. Just like garlic. Just like yeah. garlic. You put yeah. garlic in something and... Oh, I love that garlic in there. Mm-hmm. You miss the garlic? I miss the garlic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind yeah. of thing. So then we had some good old uh, uh, asparagus, right? Asparagus, yeah. yeah. We saw some asparagus. We blanched it, made sure it was cooked through. Last thing you want to do with any root vegetable or any vegetable that has, uh, for instance, fennel or maybe some squash that you're going to grill, make sure you blanch it before. Otherwise, it won't be cooked through, and when you cook it, it's going to be taste dry. Because vegetables are mainly water, right? I love it when you're like teaching your sister. <laughs> I teach anyone at any moment. I'm just like I can't yeah, help yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, but because you know she's the oldest, she's yeah. older than you, and yeah. she, her in the house here, she like yeah. I'm asking her questions, but it's very interesting to see her ask you questions mm. and you teach her techniques that she's like oh oh okay like right. she's learning from you, you yeah know? so it's it's a it's an interesting point of view yeah. from standing from my point of view that um it's kind of funny yeah I mean, because sometimes I mean, i'm in the kitchen with laura and she's like what are you looking for what do you need i'm like ah like i'm stepping right? back i'm that's like the, my hands are up and that's I'm like, the mom mentality <laughs> yeah yeah like i i just i was looking for a spoon <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, so now uh, yeah, so we we came up here and you also brought like three bottles of wine. Yeah, we brought some brought some wine to go for the dinner. So see, you're just like this classic guy, just like, <laughs> and but that you do it in in such a effortless way, you know, like there's no effort behind it. You, I think you just naturally are this person that's manifesting in front of us, and yeah. I'm just lucky to be part of the family and like <laughs> so, <laughs> so but anyway yeah. so you brought this is uh right now we're drinking, we drinking? Pro- prosecco mm. once again i'm mexican mm. not italian so relax prosecco. <laughs> one of the things uh our co-workers do is like when we're trying to be not, sp- not speaking italian but um just dilly dally goof around whatever it is we scream out italian food items and pretend we're upset right Okay, like so what? for instance, like brajola is a cured beef. Uh, I don't know the cut, but it's usually cured with red wine and a lot uh-huh. of black pepper. Uh-huh. If you say it like this, brajola, <laughs> then it suddenly means it sounds like a term that's not food, and you're like trying to tell someone like, "Get out of my way!" Yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's as simple uh-huh. as like, you emphasize that word. Linguini. And if you say it fast enough, people won't catch that you're like, uh, why are you screaming pasta? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more of, oh, wow, he's, a, he's, he's upset. Yeah, he, he's upset. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, linguini. Linguini. <laughs> that's the, 
that's where that's uh, kitchen comedy yeah that's how you entertain yourself <laughs> when when you uh are around a group of men for copious amounts of hours and all, all you all you see is yourselves <laughs> you entertain yourself somehow like you love your job i love my job yeah i have to you have yeah it shows it, it like radiates out of you i can't you know i talk a lot as you can tell probably from already this podcast <laughs> I constantly can't stop talking, and yeah. sometimes my girlfriend Megan is like runs away, and I and I know I have to stop talking. <laughs> like, oh, am I talking too much? Am I following you? Like yeah. the fact that I'm following you, is yeah. that okay? Exactly. I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> You've been following and me. Eventually, we got to the point where it's like, when I'm talking too much, you need to say, Diego, you were talking too much, and I will respectfully be like, I know. Thank you. And I'll walk away. So. Uh, so we're drinking some Prosecco, but then what was the other one that you brought? Uh, we drank some sparkling rosé called Cote de Mas. It's French sparkling rosé, and that's all you need to know. I mean, it was, it was del it's delicious. Um, and then what's the other one? And we drank a Alsace Riesling, also a French Riesling, usually uh, the Riesling grape derived and came from Germany. But also as being so close to there, they also put out some really good, really good bottles of Riesling. Yeah. So it, what is up with this sparkling wine? Like, is it is it is it just it's been in, in history of wine? Is is it recently more popular? Like, what's uh, up? Because I've never just so in the last couple of years with Angel that he sh took us right. to the yeah. So Angel, my brother, Angel Arevalo, it's my older brother. He works at Compline in Napa, California. Where he is an advanced sommelier. He is a wine connoisseur, mm -hmm. and he's in an advanced level through the Court of Master Sommeliers. He's so like I, one of the youngest. He's one of the youngest advanced in the country. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for Latinos out there, it's really good to hear because, yeah, totally. you know, like you, you want to have your people out there doing things that normally people don't. Talking about sparkling wine, I don't know too much about background of sparkling wine. I know for sure it's been going on for a long, long time. I mean, sure. just think about it, Champagne. Yeah. Champagne country has been around. Not country, right. but the, the region of France. Yeah, Champagne in France. It's been yeah. around for a long time. Um, and I think from them, just like in cooking, we can go back to that. Other countries took their rules and took what they were doing and interpreted them differently. And mm -hmm. now they have their own sparkling sure. wines. Yeah. For instance, Italy has Prosecco. I mean... You go to Spain, they have their cava. Um, They're fun to drink, though. Yeah, I mean, like who doesn't the, like bubbles? The bubble, yeah. You know, when you show up with a bottle of blah, 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 right? And it's, <laughs> and it's, they're like, well, this is, oh, this is nice, then. And, yeah. and then you drink it, and they're like, oh, it's bubbles. Bubbly, yeah. And then who doesn't want bubbles? Yeah, you love it. You show up to a, to a, to a outing, to a party, to anything, and you bring a bottle of bubbles, you I want to be your friend. For instance, when I do menus at Proof, we have the, we have the option at Proof. I make the 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 menu 24 hours in advance, maybe sometimes on the spot. Mm -hmm. And our bar manager, and Sam Jerry Quinta, comes up to me and says, "How's this taste?" At the end of the day, first course usually gets bubbles. Yeah. Or definitely something acidic and dry, maybe a white wine, because it awakens your palate. I think bubbles are the way to go for, yeah. for entertainment. I truly enjoy hosting. I live in a two-bedroom apartment with my roommate, Jaden, who is a sous chef at Django. He, him and I put together dinners, but when my friends are in town, come over to my house. Yeah. It may not be the prettiest, but and I'll play music for you. I yeah. have different spirits for you to try and wine, yeah. and then I have conversation. So when I hear you talk about food and ingredients and wine and meats and you know you like when you're talking about the japanese beef yeah do you read this stuff like videos documentaries like where because yeah because you're 21 yeah when I, I kenji and i we joke now but it's true that at your age we had no fucking clue what we're doing with right. our lives like literally yeah like, and that's what chef and a lot of chefs tell me and it's, yeah and it's i don't Something's, take it for granted yeah i try not to yeah because i know it's true but then the day it's like yeah i'm 21 i'm 
look at me. Right. No, no, no. It's more of I just stopped. I I felt I put my pressure on myself to say I want to be a chef. I graduated high school. I don't want to go to college and do this and I'd be happy. I'm happy cooking. Let's see where this goes. Yeah. And right now I'm just I'm just working. Loving life. I'm loving it. And you're working your ass off. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers to that. So you're working ten hour days. Mm, Yeah, I'm working twelve, fifteen, sixteen hour days. You know, just. But I don't. And that see that's what I'm figuring out right now at 38. (laughs) (laughs) But because you know, like I I don't have to. That's the thing. I don't have to. Right. My schedule is for me to set to work 45 hours. Mm-hmm. I'm clocking in, you know, and I'll say this. I'll say this publicly because I, I, I don't really hurt from it. I'm working 70, 80 hours a week. Yeah. But I don't have to. Right. It's more of how can I make sure everything's successful in my terms? Yeah. For instance, if I'm going to work that night and then come back like I do every morning in the morning, I want it to be set up the way I I would like it to be where I show up and everything's everything's in its place, you know? Everything is how I can show up, turn stuff on and get to work. So this is you you're tapping into a mentality that, you know, like when Jordan was like the king, right? Like what's the one of the rules that you hear on Jordan's like be the first one to show up and be the last one to leave, like Peyton Manning and right. stuff. So we heard this stuff from, um, you know, quote unquote stars and right. celebrities. So we're like, oh, how did they do that? Right? Like, of course they're telling us now. So it was never uh, somebody that you can relate to. Um, but now, doing this podcast, I'm starting to see that there's people among us, <laughs> among <laughs> us average yeah, humans you, you that can, are you like can physically touch that are like killing, like they have the same mentality that's like. If you want to make it, if you want to do something, just dive in and, like, start from the fucking very bottom and, like, work your way up and work your ass off. And then eventually things will start to unfold for you. And going back to what you said earlier about do I read or do I watch documentaries, I wish I would read more. I definitely look at cookbooks a lot and, like, books of people, but I don't... I am by no means dyslexic, but uh-huh. as soon as I start reading a book, it's like, oh, I'm going to go do this now. Yeah. So um, what I am is, uh, how would I say it? I am not patient. <laughs> <laughs> I I am patient when it comes to a technique in cooking where I cannot walk away from this. But okay. And it's, it's part of the American mentality now that's built into me from prior friends and influences from their families or just in general movies, maybe uh, people look up to artists mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it is in the American culture that I want this now and I need it now. Yeah, yeah. Or I don't need yeah. it now. Yeah. But I want it now. So I don't push it, but at the same time, it's I was at 19 – you know, I I, st- I was working at Chipotle from 17 to 19. And I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to be a general manager at Chipotle. I'm going to make this much, you know, yeah. I'll work my way up to six figures. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Sure. Yeah, and you went to like uh, Iowa City or something. I went to Cedar, Cedar Falls, which you was. You helped them open a store over yeah, there. Yeah, open a store, which was a lot of work. Uh-huh. And it lear- helped me learn that if I'm going to put this much work into something, I might as well be putting into something that I'm actually going to get more out of it than just. Making sure the CEO gets paid. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And so I started, I mean, since I was 13, 12, 13, I I mean, even prior, I was cooking for everyone in Mm -hmm. my family. My mom worked long hours. Sebastian and I, my little brother Sebastian, we would make sandwiches. I remember, I I always will go back to this. Uh I would take chicken breast and marinate it in soy sauce and cinnamon. And I thought I was a fucking genius really which i'm not okay say that again so it's i would just grab chicken, chicken breast and then, you know me being who i am and, uh-huh. and i'm hungry now take frozen chicken breast from our freezer uh-huh. and shout out my mom because she always had you know her freezer packed uh-huh. she was like you, you want, you're hungry you cook you cook for yourself yeah. yeah run it through 
warm water, you know, which you should never do to frozen products. <laughs> Again, I want it now. Yeah, yeah. And I marinated in soy sauce, cilantro sometimes, and cinnamon. And then we would grill it in my mom's panini press, and I would make endless sandwiches with Sebastian. <laughs> Hence my size at yeah. the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're talking to someone who lived in Mexico, and I would take a whole loaf of bimbo sliced bread, a tub of mayonnaise. Yeah, no. in Mexico. Listen to no. this. A tub, of, a tub of mayonnaise. I'm talking tub. <laughs> I would take salchichas mm-hmm. or like like just uh regular you know whatever wieners uh-huh. that you, from food like yeah. uh, the, the company fud mm. just imagine like your most random like hot dog like yeah. cheap hot dog oscar mayer here in the u.s yeah and i would take that to the to the living room and just watch pokemon <laughs> or <laughs> digimon and just make endless sandwiches to my grandma like got right home. there sitting there yeah sitting there like make one eat it next uh-huh. Next, did, next, like, next. So put bread, mayonnaise. So yeah, I would get the bread, mayonnaise. Too much mayonnaise, of course. <laughs> I wouldn't even cut the the sausages. I would just rip it with my hands uh-huh. and just eat it as fast as possible because I was always scared of my grandma coming home. Yeah. As soon as she came home, she saw me eating that. She just would came over. Gave over. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh man. So was that like, uh, like your dinner, or was that like while she got there? That was many dinners past my dinner <laughs> because. <laughs> My grandma and grandparents, not mysterious, but they just, they were always out and about, yeah. you know, doing their thing. And I was always at the house just, you know, playing with lizards' tails or <laughs> putting salt on snails. Don't yeah. do that. They die. Putting salt. <laughs> you know, in, Sp- in Mexico, we call them, oh, yes. yeah, we call them babosos. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They, like, dissolve. Yeah, they, don't, they don't die. They don't die. They just get shocked. And it's, it's, um. Uh, Sorry to all the vegans out there, but it, it hurts them. <laughs> uh, but you know, when your grandpa tells you to do this for entertainment, you don't know nothing else. Yeah. So that's when, in my head, I was like always cooking. And for my little brother to like that, and we touch back about that, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's beautiful because my earliest memories of cooking and everybody who cooks and, and has a story to tell will say this about their grandparents. Yeah. And my grandma and I, you know, we would, I would wake up with her early. That's why I'm a morning person. Wake up early mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I would just walk with her. Don't know where I'm going, but we had a lot of corn with us from our mm-hmm. farm. Mm-hmm. We would have a lot of corn and we'd walk into the mill. And I'm talking a public mill. Yeah. Maybe a mile, no more than a mile from our house. Public mill where they have constantly working mill machines where we would take our corn Mill it, and what that does is just break down the corn and separate the whey, meaning the or aka the juice, like of the corn, right? Right, right, right. From and the from the from the kernel. Okay. And what you're left with? Where they like turn it? They're yeah, like yeah, but this one basically yeah, these ones hands, you wouldn't turn it. I don't know if I remember correctly, but you would either step on it, kind of like a sewing machine, right? Mm-hmm. There's like a motor that you step on it. Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure that's what it was. You step on it and you mm-hmm. just feed it corn and at the bottom came out your masa base, right? Uh-huh. And that masa, then my grandma, would, I don't remember the rest of the process, but we would go back home and she would process it and then we'd have masa for like weeks. Yeah. You know? That's where you make the tortillas. That's where... Everything. Yeah. And I vividly remember like memories like so that. in latin america it's the same it's like in guatemala and i'm sure there's in latin america is this like there's these uh shops like right. places that you go to and they have these machines yeah uh that you just bring your own corn uh you come in i don't remember who pays what and what's the charge right because yeah we're kids super right organized. yeah so but then you just throw your corn with maize and then it starts to work, and then it's the 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 the, the, the masa starts yeah, to the, come out. Yeah, the corn juice you can call it, or the whey separates, and then you yeah. get like a really you, you get a base, you know? right? That's just ground up corn, is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you cook it a little bit. It's amazing. It's just yeah. and they're all over the, the aroma, place. You just walk. The aroma you will never forget it. Uh, yes. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's it's like for me, like at work when we get a big giant bag of rice, and I, it's not the rice. It's the bag that carries the rice, kind of like this one, this right here. Yeah, yeah, the one that's right behind you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what it is. 
Um, I don't, I don't know, know where of, it came from. What kind of material is that? I don't know. But I you know that you know the heavy duty mm-hmm. material they used to carry like farmers used to carry their their grains or whatever. Yeah. And it has that it has that aroma of of mills of yeah. of, of dirt and yeah. and there's a certain material. I don't know if it's straw. I I think it might be similar to straw. I uh-huh. think that's what it might be. Yeah. But I can smell that all day and just have memories. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's what that's what that's what in my head I love and I it keeps me going. Yeah. I smell something and I I stop what I'm doing and I just think about it. Yeah. You know? I mean, I like side note like I love going to music festivals. I enjoy and I love house music is what I listen to. Mhm. I also love all genres, you know, the Doors, we talk about the Doors. Yeah. You know, I know you love the Doors. Mm-hmm. I love Pink Floyd, I love Mexican classic rock, the mm-hmm. Three, you know, um some older stuff like Mago de Oz, like uh-huh. stuff like that. Hearing music live that you love, and then you hear it, and you haven't heard it in a while, and you hear it in a different space, uh-huh. instantly you get transported. Yes. Right. Yeah. Through memory. So it's, it's like the actual time machine. Yeah. Where you can close your eyes, and as corny as it sounds, you close your eyes and you're just you're there. You're in that specific moment. Yeah. The brain works in such different ways that memories will never fade and they just come back with aromas yeah. whether that's a, a song or maybe a sight that's 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 beautiful to me yeah you know i i would love to take that over any movie any day yeah and i'm yeah. glad that you bring up the your, the style of music that you like because you know obviously music is a big part of all of our lives yeah. every human you know every human that is walking this planet is somehow connected to music one way or another. Yeah. Um, But uh, it's interesting that you were saying earlier that your girlfriend, Megan, was, uh, came up with something because she's also... Megan is our... So we split it like this. AM sous chef and I'm PM sous chef. Mm -hmm. But we're both there, you know, whether it's AM or PM and times times of regard, whenever we need to be. So you said that she told you like, oh, um, I came up with this and and then I was listening to... Uh, house music yeah and then you started to break it down in the speed of BPM. the music bpm yeah. yeah 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 like which is just a way of me like kind of just saying like some random like bullshit i guess in a sense but uh-huh. it makes sense it makes complete sense yeah. though your your heartbeat you know i don't know you can check me on this but i don't know what bpm your or beats per minute your heart beats but somewhere around either 60 or 90 something around there you know don't uh-huh. i'm not trying to out here blurt some random science that i don't know sure all i know is that house music bpm ranges from 120 up to 140 uh-huh. that's like fast that's like your yeah, yeah yeah that's your you know that's it's past like the norm of what people listen to but uh-huh. yeah think about it this way i met megan you know she's from clarinda iowa Small town girl mm-hmm. who loves rap. <laughs> She's a gangster. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's a G, right? So, for me to come in and be like, I like music that everyone doesn't like. <laughs> Electronica. <laughs> yeah, electronic music. Everyone looks at me weird. It's I'm like, controversial. I was like, it's controversial. <laughs> I don't know why. There's no lyrics, right? That's what. And once I started, she needs lyrics. That's her thing. She uh, needs yeah. lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I agree. Yeah. We all have our yeah, own. Yeah. So I showed her some house music and she enjoys it now. She listens to certain artists that we enjoy. Zoo mainly. We love Zoo. Um, but I was working and she was working on the menu and I don't know her. She comes up to me and she's like, come look at my menu. And I was like, okay. And I was like, whatever. And she's like, I don't know what it is about this house music, but it's like, I just got this done. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, because when you're listening to music that's that fast, in my head, and this is the way I work, my brain's working 100 miles an hour. Yeah. You know, ideas are coming in and out, and I'm like, no, no, wait, this, that. And yeah. You just jot them down, write them down, and that's, that's, to me, that was like a really, really nice moment for me to be. Yeah. I never told her, uh-huh. but in my head, I was like. Well, you're telling her now. I'm telling her now, yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. You know, I, I go home, and I listen to house music, and mm-hmm. me, books, and a notepad, and I'm just writing down something, and then a couple hours later, I have a menu. So, so music plays a role. Oh, yeah. Aromas play a role. Mm-hmm. The touch plays a role. Like yeah. the people. So, so you're influenced by 
anything that's going around you. Your sense. I tried to. Right. I think that's nice. I had a ex companion that worked with us at Proof Blake, who worked at Eleven Madison Park, 2017 best restaurant in the world, mm-hmm. who gave me lots of praise and really nice words, and helped me out a lot. Taught me a lot, a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of things. How to make pasta like I never made pasta before. <coughs> Excuse me. How to make mousse like like charcuterie. Charcuterie mean like cured meats. Mm-hmm. Something that I was scared to make, and he was like, "It's not hard. You just gotta." Be careful and do things right, mm-hmm. you know. And he told me, "You do a good job because you're a sponge." And that, that with me touched base with me because I could watch any little video on YouTube and just instantly I know that fact. And I'm just like, "That's awesome." Mm-hmm. For instance, in Japan, they sell like thirty thousand dollar scissors, mm-hmm. where people use them to cut bonsai trees. Really. And it's just more of like, one, it's the blacksmith artisan like kind of ordeal that that person's been making kitchen sear like sears or shears mm-hmm. for however long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like he was probably taught by like another yeah, like generations, mm-hmm. where it comes back and it's like forget the price. How long, like how long have you guys been doing this for? Yeah, you know, and and, and in the U.S. we're crazy because we're like thirty thousand dollars, like. That's a Mercedes C-Class, you yeah. know, like, what? But for them, it's like, those scissors will never go bad. Yeah. They will never rust, and, you know, and that's part of being, going back, like, a sponge, right? Mm-hmm. I see a technique, I see Chef doing something, it's in my head. Okay. I never forget it. When you say technique, mm-hmm. educate me a little bit. There's certain techniques, like last night that I did for a for a uh, competition, Culinary Fun Night, where... I sous vide watermelon, right? Mm-hmm. I've done it approved two or three times. Sous vide in French means cooking under pressure, like in, in a Creole bag, meaning like a really tight vacuum seal bag, right? Mm-hmm. So you cook something in a controlled water bath, meaning control, meaning you have control of the water temperature and the time. Someone a couple years ago came up with cooking watermelon in a bag. Mm-hmm for at least an hour, 185 degrees Fahrenheit, or 200, and it resembles tuna. Oh, yes. Right? Yes, it does. Right? Yes, and I it, had it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it becomes, it gives the, the the texture of the fruit a a meat texture, right? Yeah. Like and sushi. So, in, yeah. So, instantly, your brain's going, I mean, if, you, if, you're, if you're motivated, your brain's like, I can do so many things with this. Yeah. That's a technique right there. Okay. That's a technique that some chefs don't know about. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is know a guy who knew a guy who did it. Mm-hmm. Or if you read Chef Forearms, you know, around there, I'm sure it's around there. I mean, mm-hmm. It's not like a secret thing. There's people doing this. Sure. But that's what I mean by technique. It's like, how are you cooking something? If I cook something and it tasted good, whatever, you know, case closed, done. That's the, that's that. If Chef cooks the same exact thing, same exact ingredients, my chef, it comes out better. Uh-huh. Why? Out of pure technique. That's technique. Te- okay. Technique-driven cuisine is making sure that everything you do has a purpose and you're executing it right. Today, we'll use today as reference. We cooked ribeyes. Ribeyes have a lot of fat in them, mm. which is fat is so flavor, good, right? Man. So good. But take, imagine this. Imagine you like sear your steak either one side really nice or both sides really nice. Pull it off, slice it. That meat is going to be not only rare or mid-rare, but you didn't give that meat time to render out, right? Mm-hmm. Because that fat needs time to melt. Yeah. Right? All that intramuscular fat, intramuscular meaning those tiny little fat streaks that you see in your piece of meat, that's intramuscular fat. Mm-hmm. Right? Fat that sits around the outer layer of your steaks is just regular old fat, the fat cap to your steak. Mm-hmm. Try chewing that. And try cooking or try chewing a steak that's been cooked with a hard sear and then had time to cook slowly and then rested. That fat has now melted and yes. it's and then in your mouth it's not chewy. And that's know? the thing. If you don't yes, because there's sometimes, you know, you go to carne asadas, yeah. you know, and then it's like like you're trying you're to eat that it. fat because you love the fat, yeah. but it's like it's fucking chewy. Like it's yeah. like a piece of gum. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't get through yeah. it. So then you give up. You're like, okay, this is a piece yeah, of gum now. Yeah, because fat will melt, fat will render, but only if it's cooked properly. Yeah. You know, and you can either cook fat 
low and slow, or you can click it hard and then go lower, lower. But okay, let it. me hit you with a with a left curb. Hit me. What's your motivation then? Like, what motivates you? I think what 100% motivates me is is me being myself. Me doing everything I do on my own. Mm -hmm. Prior to proof, I got every job I ever got besides Chipotle mm -hmm. because my older brother said, hey, I'm Angel. This yeah. is my brother Diego. He looks like me. He can do the same job. He's yeah. a little chubbier, but he'll get the, he'll but he'll get the job done. Yeah, right. Hook him up and hook him up. Cool. So I was always Angel's brother. Right. Yeah. I got tired of being Angel's brother. Okay. And I I decided I'm Diego. Yeah. 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 You know. And I I started realizing I'm confident now. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm confident because I, I've practiced for a long time, long time, two years, you know, not a long time, but enough time to really be focused and do what I do at the level I do it at. And, you know, that's what motivates me. What motivates me, motivates me is it's me against me. I don't want to just be any other cook who works right here, right? Mm -hmm. I'm representing not only Mexico, but Mexican-Americans who live in the United States. Yeah. Because my culture goes back. You know, we, right. I love being Mexican, uh -huh. but I love speaking English. Right. It's the, it's the language of business, you know? Yeah. So for me, 100%, that's what motivates me. The fact that I choose my own path and I choose, I'm choosing my future. I want to make something out of Des Moines. Right. For myself. Yeah. Which is very doable. Yeah. Very doable. So if if you you would say that if you were uh, overzealous or too hungry, like somebody like with your potential, would probably be already thinking about moving to a big city like New right. York or L.A. or San Francisco that's, or something. That's what you do. You go work. You go pay your dues. You know, as in you get treated like shit. You get you work those hours mm -hmm. and you learn, and then you wait for that one opportunity where someone's like. I need an executive sous chef. Can you do it? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if I'm ready for it because, hey, guess what? You worked those hours, but you know what you never did? You never taught someone how to do something. Yeah. You never managed labor. You never managed food costs. You didn't learn mm -hmm. how to order. You didn't know how to cook a scalp properly. Mm -hmm. That's what I owe and love chef about. Mm -hmm. And Megan, that the fact that I get my hands on everything in that restaurant. Yeah. Everything. While I may not know how to handle or work labor and food cost entirely to our benefit mm -hmm. I know the basis of it and that's what's preparing me for my so where do you see yourself do you like is there a vision yeah. for you oh yeah yeah I uh I'm 21 by 26 I like to have my own restaurant or be executive chef at a restaurant where I'm in charge that's you, you, meaning you will every, anything that is meaning menu is yours yeah the menu's mine my staff's mine I'm in charge of the kitchen. Yeah. And it's very doable, and that's what I want to do. My other side ambitions are being a jack-of-all-trades. I am currently going to start working at Juniper Moon downtown. Juniper Moon? Yeah. Okay. Because I want to learn how to bartend, and it will help me with my people skills and my managing skills. The, the, you can't go wrong with, like, a good cocktail, too, by the way. Oh, I know, right? Yeah, once yeah. you have good cocktails, once you start drinking cocktails, stop drinking rum and cokes. <laughs> stop drinking vodka Red Bulls. Yeah. Get a cocktail. I mean, I I met you when you were like 10. Yeah. <laughs> so, which is insane that I'm sitting here talking to you. You've developed this passion and you are aware enough to follow that passion and like dive completely, surrender everything that sense of your like your body and just go for it um but you're you're like a very humble kid like you're very humble and you know your position in in like your life right you're not like oh yeah man like i love that about you because the fact that you're gonna go to um work at juniper moon and learn another 
crap. The crap, exactly. Um, that shows that like that your humbleness doesn't, th- your ego doesn't play a role in what you're doing. Right. Which you could easily be a big-headed kid right now because everybody's like, Diego, you're doing great. You know, let her. Yeah. I mean, everybody that I know obviously knows about you, um, and um, they are just like mind blown. I like. Yeah. I mean, so am I. How young you are. Yeah, so so am I. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I I don't know. It just all came about. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I think, you know, your work ethics have a lot to do with it. You know, your your dedication, your, um, you know, just, I think, I love the fact that you're, like, surprised about it, too, because that means that you... You have more that you, you know, it's almost like finding $50 in your pants, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Or even five. Like, it doesn't yeah, even it, like, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. You know, that yeah. feeling, that yeah. that's pretty awesome. So you don't expect it, yet it's there. Mm-hmm. And, but yet you still, you're not, you don't feel like you're there yet. Yeah. Which anybody would tell you, oh, you're totally there. Yeah, right? exactly. So you're Go, not going, believing Going that. back to the chef. But I'm actually, you know, my term is sous chef. Uh-huh. To some people, I may not be a proper sous chef. To uh-huh. some people, I'm a chef. To some people, I'm not a chef. I'm Diego. I'm a cook. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Oh, people always talk and say nice stuff. I love when people say nice stuff about myself. It makes me feel good. But it's my job. Mm-hmm. And I take it seriously. So it feels good to be pat in the back. Um, Jennifer Hahn is um it's her name jennifer Hahn. she is why i don't know if she still is but she was yji or so is yji coordinator mm-hmm. yji's youth justice initiative it's a um it's a program that you basically and i'm gonna break it down really simply if you get in trouble when you're younging right you either go to court uh-huh or you go to YGI. yji yeah and for me and the, you ended up in YGI, ended YGI <coughs> twice Right. <laughs> I think I was in one of those circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah the circles. <laughs> the circle yeah. of trust. Where, where they're trying to shape you towards something that you know, like you have to work. Trying to shape you into a better position, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, Clarice Wireman, Rich Wireman, these are all people I love. And like, as much as I'm not in contact with them, as much as I used to be, they're in my head all the time because they taught me a lot in just a year or two of yeah. time with them. Yeah. They showed me that I could do this if I really put the effort into it. Yeah. Jennifer Hahn helped me, helped me to learn how to take a compliment. That's what I was trying to get at with this. Okay. She said, you're, you know, you're pretty good at taking a compliment. I just say thanks. And I was like, oh my God, that makes sense. You know, Cause for a while I was timid around girls. Yeah. Where they would say, Diego, you match. And you're, you're always match. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's because of my sister being, Donnie don't hear this crazy <laughs> and being like you don't match yeah, and I'm yeah. like I'm colorblind Donnie I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> right uh-huh. where now to this day I'm going out and I called Megan I called Megan and my mom or my, my sister mm. I'm like hey FaceTime me because I don't know what I'm wearing <laughs> <laughs> and like that's like when I buy clothes I'm like alright this is this is purple and <laughs> Don't wear that. So yeah. you still need advice on other stuff. Yeah. All, that was all the time. So I show up and I'm like, check me out. And Megan's like, oh my God. Oh, no. What are you wearing? Don't. Like, I was like, really? I was like, green shorts and this blue shirt. I look fly. <laughs> look fly. No. I was uh, like, whatever. Oh, you know, God. But, but it's part of that. Like, uh, someone's saying you did a good job. The best thing to say is thank you. I want to congratulate you on, like, such a good job that you do. Thank and you. I'm just a lucky guy that gets to be, <laughs> I, I am, you know, I'm just lucky. And I think everybody feels that way around you. Like they're like, you know, we're lucky to be affiliated, associated friends, coworkers right. um, with you. So I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot more dinners. I mean, we've had countless dinners. Yeah. Um, But I'm pretty sure there's going to be more uh, accomplishments that you do. Um, great work, great work ethic, and um, yeah, man, I think you have a bright future ahead of you, and 
the way that y- the way that you're approaching it is what makes people comfortable saying he totally does because that humbleness that's that's gonna carry you through yeah through uh through the ups and downs so thank you for coming in man of course salute salute indeed so that was diego rodriguez now the executive chef head chef of des moines proof everybody should go check it out and uh by the way uh you do not sound like barry white (laughs) Just wanted to say that. So, not uh, at all. Checking out the podcast is on uh, pod, Apple, Apple Podcast and on SoundCloud. And we're having a lot of fun doing it. But share it with people. Uh, give us your comments. Give us some feedback. Um, we're working on getting some interesting people on the calendar. I think we'll stop doing this until we stop having fun. Okay, so... Uh, I just want to say it's been a great, you know, 13 episodes. <laughs> it's been a good run. It's Thank been a you. good run. Thank you. Uh, we had a lot of fun. <laughs> past tense. So, um, I hope to, you know, uh, get to talk to you guys in, in other, you know, forums. forums. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, goodbye forever. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening and uh, we'll talk to you soon.